Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. This was the day, but his purpose was not the purpose of man. And you know what? Man missed it. Man missed it. Do you ever have an expectation of what you want God to do in your life? And in your own understanding, you know, if God answers this prayer, he's going to do this, this, and this. Or is it just me that works that way? We pray thinking, Lord, we need this to happen. And suddenly the Lord said, well, yeah, but this is really what's going to happen because this is what's going to fulfill my plan in a much greater way. Jesus enters Jerusalem on a colt, and people worshipped him as the Messiah. This was the day. However, they focused so much on what God did not do and completely missed what he did do. They were longing for a Messiah who would free them from the Roman Empire and establish Israel's reign. While they expected a worldly and temporary salvation, they missed God's much greater plan, their salvation for eternity. Pastor David will encourage us not to miss what the Lord is doing in our lives, even today. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, On This, Your Day. We're now getting to the point of the last week of the life of Jesus Christ here on earth, the last week of his ministry as he begins heading toward Jerusalem. Down in verse 28 is where we're going to begin this morning, Luke 19, verse 28. And actually, verse 28 should have probably been included with the previous study of the earlier verses there in chapter 19. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about there, Jesus gave a parable about the nobleman that was going off on a long journey. And he was going off on that journey to receive his kingdom and come back again. And he gave to his workers there one mina apiece, remember? And the workers, one brought back 10 minas. He increased it a thousand percent. One brought back five minas. He increased it 500 percent. The other one said, no, I still have that one mina. He didn't do anything with it. The point of that message a couple of weeks ago was continue my business, continue to occupy until I come back. And beloved, that's where we're at right now today. You and I as believers, our great nobleman, our great king has gone away, but he is coming again. Amen? Amen. He's coming again. And what is our call? What is our purpose? To continue until he returns, to occupy till he returns. And then verse 28 tells us, and when he had said this, After he had shared with them that parable, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. They had been down in Jericho. Jericho was there in the desert place near the Jordan River in that Jordan Valley. They had to come up then from Jericho up the Mount of Olivet, and as they peeked over the top of that, they'll come into these small villages. Verse 29, it says, And it came to pass, when he came near to Bethphage and Bethany, 
at the mountain called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosening it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. In both Matthew and Mark's writing of this event in the life of Jesus, they say, if anyone asks you why you're doing this, say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. Immediately the owner of that colt will release it to you. Do you think that the Lord has a predetermined plan and purpose that sometimes we're not aware of? How did this guy know that it was okay to release that colt? Did Jesus send somebody up ahead and say, hey, day after tomorrow, a couple of disciples from Jesus are gonna come. Would you release that colt? I don't believe so. I believe that God was working through dreams and visions. I believe that God still works through dreams and visions. I believe that probably in that man's life, the Lord spoke to him that perhaps even tomorrow, there'll come some to request the use of your colt. This is for me. This is for my use. Release it to him. I believe that probably the owner of that colt was one of those that was anticipating and looking for the return of Messiah. And it's interesting to me too, and I could speculate about this all day long. Who is that one guy? That one guy that what he has to offer is this little colt. And he might've thought up until that point in time, I really don't have anything to offer to my Lord. But the Lord says, you know that little colt that you have? I want that. I want that little colt to be used for my purposes. It may seem insignificant to you in your life. It may seem like such a small thing to you in comparison to what others are doing and what others gave. But you know what? I believe that in each one of our lives, there are those things within our lives that God desires to use and that maybe we think, well, that's so little, that's so insignificant. And yet there is nothing insignificant when it is given and surrendered to the full use of the Lord in our lives. When we say, Lord, all that I have, every aspect of all that I have, I may not have a lot of talents, I may not have a lot of treasure, Lord, but all that I have is yours. Use it for your glory. And that's exactly what's going on here. We find in verse 32, and so those who were sent went their way, and they found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosening the colt, the owner of it said to them, why are you loosening the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. And then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. You know, this is a direct fulfillment of the messianic passage that we find in the book of Zechariah. You don't need to turn there. Write down, if you're taking notes, Zechariah 9, 9. We're there in Zechariah declaring about the coming of Messiah. Zechariah says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a foal of a donkey. There's much more we could say about that as far as him coming in in that humble position, riding on that colt. But you've got to understand, there's been no precedence for what is going to happen today on this very day as Jesus comes into Jerusalem. Yes, they've received kings in the past, all the way from the time of Saul and David and Samuel and all the rest of the kings for Israel throughout their years and throughout 
their time of existence. But never is it going to happen like it's going to happen today. This day, this particular day, is a special day. It's an anointed day. It's a day that's been spoken about through the prophetic message throughout the years. Did they know the exact day, the exact time? I'm not sure if they did, but they were looking with anticipation that at any moment, at any time, their Messiah was going to come. This time, this day, is gonna be like no other. Look at verse 37. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, he's been up on top of the mountain there at Bethany, Bethphage, he had got the cold, now he needs to descend, and he goes descending down into the Kidron Valley and across the Kidron Valley back up into Jerusalem. So as he was drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You need to understand the momentum that's taking place here. When it says that the disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice, this wasn't just the 12. No, this is the multitude of the disciples that were coming and following Jesus. Could have been hundreds, maybe even thousands at this point in time because they had heard his message. They had possibly seen his miracles. They had seen the mighty works of God being worked through the hands of Jesus. There was this anticipation of Messiah and many at that point in time were truly believing that Jesus was the Messiah and now here he comes and the momentum of that is growing so powerfully at this point in time. This is our Messiah. He is coming to again relieve us and to bless us. Jesus never allowed this in the earlier years of his his ministry. Different ones would come and try to raise him up and he would say, no, you need to be quiet. He would heal someone and said, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. This one day though, he allows the praises of the people, he allows these declarations to come out and to declare that he is Messiah. You see these particular words that these people are crying out, that his disciples are crying out and declaring are actually prophetic psalms as they are singing these things. Keep your place there in Luke. Turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm 118 will be the first one. We'll see again the words of the people as they declare. Now, while they are declaring these things, the Pharisees are listening and they're here and they understand exactly what these words are. In Psalm 118, a declaration again of the coming of Messiah. We're not gonna read it all. Let's look at verse 19, and we'll go to the end of the chapter there. In Psalm 118, down in verse 19, it declares, open to me the gate of righteousness, and I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have answered me, and what? Have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Keep that in your thoughts and mind. This is the day the Lord has made. Hey, I know the Lord makes every day. I understand that. But this particular day is a special day that the Lord has made. Let's go on with this. He says in verse 25, save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light 
Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Although in the gospel records, we only have that short portion of blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They were undoubtedly singing this entire psalm. They would do that on a regular basis on that time of Passover as the Passover lamb was being brought into Jerusalem. The four-legged Passover lamb was brought into Jerusalem from the hills outside of Bethlehem. They would bring that choice lamb in, bring it into the temple and observe that lamb for those days from the 10th of Nisan to the 14th of Nisan to make sure that there's no spot, that there's no blemish, that this was going to be the perfect sacrifice for the feast of Passover. You need to understand that now that Passover lamb is coming in, but he's only got two legs. It's Jesus, the true Passover lamb. And as they're declaring these psalms, they're declaring them about him who is the true sacrifice for the sin of all mankind. He is their salvation. He is the stone that the builders rejected. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the one that they will bind the sacrifice upon the altar. Look with me also at another psalm, Psalm 148. This is a shorter psalm. I'm gonna read it, the whole thing, verse one through 14, Psalm 148. And this again is the declaration of the people as the Passover lamb would come, but this is also what they are now declaring as Jesus is coming in on that colt. And again, your king coming on a colt, lowly and humble. Psalm 148, verse one, praise Jehovah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all the depths, fire and hail and snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all the peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the heaven and the earth and he has exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints. Oh, the children of Israel, a people near to him, praise the Lord. Now, as the people were declaring these psalms to Jesus, you need to understand the Pharisees were there and they knew exactly what these psalms meant. They knew exactly the direction and the purpose of these psalms because they had studied the word. They knew that these were the psalms declaring what this lamb, this little four-legged lamb was going to represent of the coming of Messiah. And now they hear the crowds of the people that are getting so excited, so involved in the momentum building as they declared these things to Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem. These are powerful declarations. The people were ready for a king. They were ready for for their Messiah and they had great expectations for the Messiah of who he would be and what he would do. He would come in, they knew, they knew for certain that when their Messiah came in, 
that he would remove all the Roman oppression. They knew beyond a shadow of a doubt when their Messiah came in that he would cast out the Romans, he would remove all oppression, and he would revive the people and the nation of Israel once again above the rest of the nations, above all others in the world. That again, he would restore the kingdom of Israel. That was their understanding of what Messiah was going to do. And the Pharisees weren't too happy about it. In John's gospel, it actually tells us that the Pharisees said among themselves, you see, we're accomplishing nothing here. The whole world is going after him. Now here in Luke, back in Luke 19, down in verse 39, we read these words. Some of the Pharisees called out to him, called out to Jesus from the crowd saying, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you, if these keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Why? Because this is the day of Messiah's unveiling. This was the day that prophetically nailed down Messiah coming into Jerusalem. Totally different understanding of what he was going to accomplish than what the people anticipated and expected. But the people did expect Messiah to come. People, we can go back to even the dedication of Jesus there in the temple as Mary brought him in. And remember Simeon and Anna, both of them anticipating, expecting the coming of Messiah. The whole nation had remembered, again, the prophetic message from Daniel chapter 9, I believe, and a multitude of others speaking of the timing and the presence of the coming of Messiah. But the people's expectation, though it was a real expectation, even almost to the point of fanaticism, they were actually missing the very point and the purpose of his first advent. He didn't come to set up a worldly kingdom. He came to prepare the hearts of men and the way for man's entrance into God's heavenly kingdom at that point in time. This was the day, but his purpose was not the purpose of man. And you know what? Man missed it. Man missed it. Do you ever have an expectation of what you want God to do in your life? And in your own understanding, you know, if God answers this prayer, he's going to do this, this, and this. Or is it just me that works that way? <laughs> we pray thinking, Lord, we need this to happen. And suddenly, the Lord said, well, yeah, but this is really what's going to happen because this is what's going to fulfill my plan in a much greater way. You see, so oftentimes, the plans and the understanding of man so far apart from what God's purposes are, and so we miss the reality that, no, God is in this thing. God is in this thing. He's not separate from it. You think of those people in Louisiana. You and I think, man, that, there's no way God's in that. But you know what? You talk to those that have come to faith in Christ in the midst of that. You talk to a multitude of even believers that are there right now. They say, you know what? This is just stuff. This is just stuff. Thank God that none of the family was harmed. You know, in all of that devastation, I believe in, in that whole area, I believe that they said it was something like almost 100,000 homes in that area. It's just phenomenal, the amount of damage there. But you know what? Nine people perished in that. And most of those were not 
because of the flood, but from other things, heart attacks and different issues. Those are nine souls. I, I don't want to lessen that. But you think, all of that that took place in your own life, do things ever happen in your life? We wonder, well, God, I, I thought that you were going to move this way. My understanding was is this is how you move, and yet you find yourself in something totally different. You know, if we focus on what he didn't do, we miss out on what he is doing. And that's what was going on with the people of Israel during that time. As a matter of fact, because they missed the day of his appearing, they missed the impact and the purpose of his appearing. Still in Luke, look down there in verse 41. Now as he drew near, as Jesus drew near, he saw the city and he began to weep over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, you see it's a particular day, if you had known, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemy will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. They'll level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. They missed it because they were focusing on something else in their life. Beloved, don't miss what God is doing in your life even today because you're looking for something else. We need to have our hearts and our lives open to understand that yes, even in this, even in the eye of the storm, even in the fire that might surround us, that God is there. God, what do you want in me in the midst of this that's going on in my life? Lord, we know that all of us, we're only here for a certain period of time and we're only appointed a number of days on this earth, but eternity goes on forever. Lord, help me not to focus on the circumstances that surround me, but help me to focus on what your will and what your purpose is in my life. There's so much that we could go into on this passage, not only the timing, the presence, and the power of what God is working and doing, but the thing that I want you to understand beyond any other thing is because they missed the day that God was showing himself in a way that they weren't ready for, in a way that they weren't anticipating. They missed the blessing of God in their life. And even as Jesus says, because you've missed this day, destruction is going to come upon you. And sure enough, 40 years after the time of Jesus entering into Jerusalem, 40 years after that, Titus and the Roman legions came into Jerusalem, totally destroying the temple, the entire temple mound, the entire city destroyed it. Not one stone left unturned on it. Why? Because they rejected the reality and the truth of the Messiah. Why? Because he came in a way that they did not understand, that they did not accept. For you and I, we have this great opportunity to hear the Lord's work and move in our lives. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, think about what's going on in your personal life right now. And rather than being overwhelmed by the situations and the circumstances that surround you, consider the reality and the truth that God might be the one moving even in the midst of that because he wants to show himself in your life in a way that you're not anticipating, that you're not expecting, in a way that, again, you wouldn't have planned, you wouldn't have purposed it this way, but yet with the fullness of the understanding that he is a sovereign, he is a holy God. 
can all remember the marketing campaign, WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? While this became somewhat cliché, the concept behind it is crucial. In each and every circumstance, we need to consider not only what Jesus would do, but what He did do when He was here on earth. As Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke, we'll see exactly what Jesus did. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the Teachings page. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the Teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you. small